It's the Geeky Waffle Podcast. I'm Candace, and with me is my Sith in training, Brie. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and our special guest is Gretchen of the Fundamentals. Hey, Gretchen. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for, for being, being on. Here. We're really excited to talk about the last of this OG trilogy. Yes. Return of the Jedi from uh, 1983. I, I like this movie. It's not my favorite of this trilogy. It's mm. actually my least favorite of the trilogy. Really? I love it to that. Yeah. Oh, hmm, it goes Empire, Hope, Jedi. I actually really like this movie. I do too. It was, it was always my favorite growing up. And now as an adult, I feel like Empire is the objectively better movie. Mm-hmm. Like as a movie, it's a better movie. But there's just something about Return of the Jedi that gets me that I just can't. Even though it's kind of a, a bit of a mess and there are some problems with the way Leia's scripted, like I still just, maybe it's just nostalgia, but I still really love this movie. It's really, it's actually really hard for me to rank the original trilogy movies because they're all they very work close so well together. all together. They really do. And okay, so I was like looking into some behind the scene things, and there were some issues with the director Richard Mark Coyne. To, he didn't direct all the movie they say, and like George Lucas and the assistant director did a lot of stuff because he um, Richard had issues with the actors. He loved Harrison Ford, but he did not like Mark and Carrie. Oh. Really? But then George claims in 2004 it was it was all great, no problems. But George does that a lot. He's like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, I had no idea that that was going on. Huh. See, I've always wondered if there was something going on with the fact that Leia in this movie seems, aside, I think, from the very beginning where she rescues Han, I feel like her scripting is very different from the other two movies. Oh, yeah. It's barely there. She feels like a weaker, more helpless character, like Mm -hmm. after the rescue of Han. You know, she's just kind of a body in the background, which I hate. I loathe. And it really bothered me, especially in the fight on Endor after like she befriended, like kind of like Snow White befriended... Wicked, yeah, his name like, is Wicked. Use his name, Wicked, played by Warwick Davis. On yes, I've met him before at a Star oh Wars my celebration. God. She brings this up in every episode. <laughs> we get it. You've been to celebration. Listen, because Candace keeps calling me a casual fan, and I'm just like, look, Ooh. I was there. From the- when she says celebration, does she doesn't mean the Star Wars celebration convention? She means no, the Star I, Wars celebration. No, I've been to one of those as well in Hollywood Orlando. Studios and MGM. That's but I also means. have been to Disney celebration like convention, so <laughs> got them both down. Oh snap! <laughs> okay, um, anyway, but yeah, she was just a moving piece, and like during that fight in Indoor, I'm just like, what is happening? Where's Feisty Leia? This is something I noticed when I just recently watched it was that Luke is telling her what to do all the time. When they're on the speeders oh, yeah. going yes. through the going through the trees, he's like, "Do this, no, do that," and I'm like, "She's a general, like she's a battle trained, like she knows how to do this. She doesn't like." It just like blows my mind that she's written in such a way that she has to be told what to do. Because he even does yeah, that, that on the Jabba's sail barge. I was about to say that. Like it always, it also happens there, and it's mind blowing. Because I'm like, this is the same Leia who, in A New Hope, was like, "Come on, losers! Like I'm just gonna have to take care of this." Right. Okay. So. There is some theories that I've read that, like, okay, so Leia's hardened by Alderaan blowing up, and Empire Strikes Back, she's all tough, and she's trying to hide her feelings for Han, but then in The Return of the Jedi, she softens up, she leaves a rebellion for a little bit to go rescue her man, so it's a story of her becoming 
softer? I don't know. Okay, no, because Luke and Chewie (laughs) and Lando were there also rescuing the quote-unquote her man. Like, no, she... (laughs) She didn't get, like, swayed from Alderaan blowing up in New Hope. She carried that same strength. And I think it's bonkers that here she is portrayed, like, as that quote-unquote softer side. Like, what is she, Sears? Like, come on, no. No. And why do we even need to see? It's just the question of, like, why do we need to see this side of Leia in the first place? Like, why is this necessary for her character, for her to suddenly be not doing a whole lot? <laughs> it actually takes away from the character development that she's had in the first two, in my opinion. I agree. Do you guys, what do you guys think of Carrie Fisher being put into a metal bikini? Because as a kid, I didn't really care. I was just like, yeah, he's a gross slug monster. He would make her be dressed up. And it just, it didn't really make sense to me, but it didn't really bother me because I was like, oh, lightsaber, <laughs> you know? Mm. But she, something I've been reading is like, she keeps her dignity through all of that Mm -hmm. and her strength. And the fact that she kills Jabba with those chains, I feel like kind of makes up for her being in that position. Okay. So on the one hand, I do think there's something that bothers me about the fact that Leia in the first two movies, like her costuming choices are fairly conservative. And I have read that behind the scenes, Carrie Fisher did complain that her costuming choices were fairly, like, drab. Because, like, she's mostly just wearing white the whole time. And so in Return of the Jedi, Lucas was trying to give her more costuming choices. But I feel like this is a really extreme, like, when your actor comes to you and is like, hi, I want more interesting costumes. And you're like, how about a metal bikini? (laughs) Like... Seems like a very extreme reaction. I have read theories that part of this was a was an overreaction to the fact that Leia was scripted so powerfully in Empire and had so much agency and was such a strong character that there was like a <laughs> too much agency. I'm yeah, sorry. that there was like an overreaction yeah. because the two portrayals we get of Leia in this movie are on the one hand like overly sexualized and fetishized. Mm-hmm. And, like, overly feminized and very soft. And she doesn't really have a lot of time in between either of those. We get some moments. But, like, on Endor, she's mostly, though not all the time, wearing her hair down and wearing, like, a soft dress. Which I don't even know how she found that dress. But, like, that's yeah. whatever. Look, the Ewoks just has, like, a human. Hey, you know what? They killed humans a lot. That probably, like, came off that's a true. corpse. Of they probably have, like, they a lost and found box. And the Ewoks, like, eat people. So she's wearing, like, the clothes of, like, a human that they ate. But whatever. Um. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That is. A, that, that dress is now creepy to me. So. Carrie Fisher has commented on this a bunch. She's joked about it, and she's she said to Daisy Ridley, don't be a slave like I was. You keep fighting against that slave outfit when Ridley was cast. And then there was this huge, like, kerfuffle, or, like, Fox News made it a kerfuffle about, like, parents being upset about the Slave Leia action figure. And Fisher says, to the father who flipped out about, what am I going to tell my son why she's in that outfit? Carrie says, tell them that a giant slug captured me and forced me to wear that stupid outfit. And then I killed him because I didn't like it. And then I took it off backstage. Well, see, when I was watching it, in the character of Jabba, it makes sense for him to dress his slave girls up that way. You know, you see the the one alien girl beforehand was dressed not like as like I guess skin showing, but she was dressed similarly. Oh no, there was a lot of skin showing. I mean, yeah, but I mean, 
the two cause they're very similar very yeah. similar and it just it made sense if he took her to dress her similarly in that manner and it's great that she still stayed she had integrity still and strength because she killed that son of a bitch you know what i mean like she's like i want to take you out and she did in that like outfit too so i thought it was great for like uprising you know symbol like the symbolization of that um what i think is happening and this is my opinion is that because of the fetishization it makes it stranger for us to look at it great because we just know that now that's just a form of like men's way of saying like the female gaze you know what i mean like they just mm. fetishize her in that way and and it's the toxic fans that are making that scene into something that it's not and i think that's where the line gets blurred Definitely. i think in a story sense it makes sense for her to be in that outfit and she's not in it for a crazy amount of time like mm -hmm. she when she's captured by java and then when she's not it's gone it's out and she's back to wearing more conservative clothes, more like, you know, except for the dead woman's dress. Who knows where <laughs> that one just creeps me out now. But I, <laughs> I feel like now that people have made it into something it's not, it takes away from like the actual plausible story point that yeah, I think. So many people whenever because yeah. I go to a lot of conventions, at least I used to before COVID, <laughs> you would always see at least one slave layout person. Right. You know, I can't speak to every cosplayer, but if you wear that because you find strength in that outfit, more power to you, mm -hmm. you know, I again, I think the line is blurred because of how much toxicity has been placed upon that outfit. And maybe people are trying to take that back and say, you can't make this toxic. We're stronger than that. We're trying to abolish, you know, toxic men like Jabba is, you right. know, it, to me, that makes sense in my head. Yeah, because I think in the film itself, I really love that Carrie Fisher wanted to kill Jabba herself. Because I think that there was a moment where they had debated whether or not her stunt double was going to do that. That scene where Leia kills mm -hmm. Jabba. Really? And, like Carrie insisted that she do it herself. That she want that that was something she desperately wanted to do because of what it meant to her as the, you know, slave killing the creepy gross uh, gangster of Jabba. And one of the things, this goes to what you were just saying, is that I think there is a way that it can be reclaimed as a symbol of power. I think the film creates that moment in and of itself by giving Leia the opportunity to be the one to kill Jabba specifically. Totally. Um, with the chain that he used mm -hmm. to, like, bind her. Like, that's a really powerful moment. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with the extended canon, the new canon books. I was thinking about this so much. But, but Claudia Gray, yeah. right, like totally understands the character of Leia and she's written two Leia books. One of them is called Bloodlines and in Bloodlines, which is about Leia who's in, she's in her 40s, I think, and it's, the story is about how she starts the resistance that leads up to the sequel trilogy movies. But we find out that a holocron had been made of the moment where Leia killed Jabba and was being like spread amongst all the slaves and the slaves like the slaves themselves on Tatooine and throughout the galaxy like view this moment of Leia killing Jabba as like a symbol of resistance and empowerment and they call her Leia Hutslayer. Oh, I and love that. I know. I was just like so happy that Claudia Gray gave us that that like she is in canon trying to reclaim this moment as 
like a powerful yes. symbol. Well, what we know in like Phantom Menace is that Anakin and Shimmy were originally owned by Dom. Mm. So mm-hmm. he sold them to Watto. Yeah. So the fact that her grandmother was enslaved by yes. this creature. Being a slave probably didn't help Anakin deal with some issues he had. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So I mean, even though it does I come know, full circle. Yeah, I know this wasn't planned out, but it is kind of beautiful if you think about the full canon of it. Luke and Leia bring down Jabba. Yeah, and Jabba, like Anakin in Clone Wars, is saying, I hate huts because he was enslaved by them and they rule Tatooine and they're the gangsters of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't let toxic fanboys not let you cosplay as Slave Leia because you are taking it back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually have a Leia Hut Slayer shirt. It's a design from, I don't know if you guys have heard of Looking for Leia. It was a documentary oh, yeah. about female fans in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they have like Leia Hut Slayer designs. And I actually have a graphic t-shirt from their design. And it says Leia Hut Slayer. And it's got like the chain and like, it's just like a really cool design. But I love it. Yeah. She says, Kate Fisher says that her favorite moment in all the films was killing Jabba. So. She would. I love Carrie Fisher. I know. I love her. Oh, it's a it's a great moment. Like I was like, yes. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just waiting for that moment. But I do have to say in the Java scenes, that little Muppet who keeps on laughing was <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. Crumb. <laughs> like I was like, oh my god. He has a name, Brie. <laughs> I don't remember the name. I was just every you time. Never it say came it on, on screen. <laughs> I know. I know but, what like know. every time he came on, I just my face was just like, Oh, that little Muppet. He's so evil and cute. <laughs> I was wondering, do you guys think Vader realizes Leia is his daughter? He finds out from Luke that he does have a daughter, but no. I don't think he knows. I don't think so. I feel like he might. One, because Luke is bad at hiding his feelings. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the idea that Luke would be thinking about his sister, but not by name. That's true. And also because at the very end, Vader says, tell your sister you were right. You were right. So Vader mm-hmm. knows that Luke is in contact with his mm. sister. And like Leia's literally the only woman in the galaxy other than Mon Mothma yeah. at this point. So But that just brings up the whole question of like, how would Vader feel about the fact that he tortured his own daughter? Twice. I, he did it Empire and Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I, he also killed kids on two different occasions. So Or he also oh. brings this up in every Star Wars. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, it matters in a he way. Did. He, oh, he's a so Mark killer. Hamill, at the time, he took great issue with the revelation that Luke and Leia are brother and sister. And he even accused George Lucas of just making it, the idea up on a plane ride. But Lucas originally wanted to do more films after this one. But instead, he wanted to spend more time with his family. So he just wanted to wrap it all up. And since, like you said, Gretchen, Leia is the only woman in the galaxy. Who else could be <laughs> his Twin sister. At least supposed to be a different character that was going to be Luke's sister. Yeah. yeah. And the whole next movie was going to be him trying to find her. Mm. But this also wraps up the Han Luke Leia love triangle. Well, it's weird when they were talking in indoor. She's just like, oh. And like, no one mentions, oh, we kissed like three <laughs> times previously. There's a really funny video. The moment when Leia tells Han that he's my brother, and then they do a flashback thing of yes! him thinking about the kids. <laughs> right, because Han has that, face. like, face journey that he has when, when Leia right. tells him that, where you can see him, like, thinking about it really hard. Like, <laughs> like well, wait. But, but since sh- they, 
they decided that she was a a Skywalker in this movie. I think it would have been cool to actually see her, like, maybe not completely use a force, but, like, use it in some way during the battle. Well, yeah, mm. especially since Luke is like, no, you you have the power. Like, he blatantly tells her, like, you can become who I am, which means a Jedi. I yeah, mean, so. she does, like, sense that he's not dead, which... Is something, I guess. Right. But I guess everyone complains that they're like, well, she's not a Jedi. And it's like Luke told her she could become one. So, mm-hmm. you know. Blatantly told her that if he dies trying to fight the Emperor, that like it's her yeah. responsibility to become a Jedi and continue the mission. Yeah. So. Even though like there's no one around to teach her. Right. How Good job, Luke. Well, you know what? Should have made resilient. some holograms. She can teach herself. You know, we've learned from the past two movies, not this one, but the past two, that she can do things her own. <laughs> if and- Luke can learn how to be a Jedi off screen in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, then like Leia could totally do it. Interesting. George Lucas explained like he wasn't sure if he even wanted to have that Yoda in The Return of the Jedi. But the reason he did it was because he had to confirm that Vader was Luke's father. Luke consulted with a child psychologist during the making of the film. The psychologist said that unless it's stated by someone that the movie covers trust, kids 12 years old and under would not believe it. Which made me think like I probably as a kid, if I didn't know or didn't watch these movies like back to back. I probably wouldn't have believed Vader. I've been like, no, he's an evil guy. He's trying to trick Luke. Right. Because we didn't have the prequels at the time. I wish Yoda just didn't disappear and die like that, though. I do love that Yoda basically, like, died to avoid talking about stuff. Oh, I know. He's like, he's like, I got a, I got a call on the other line. I'm sorry, Luke. Yeah, that's Should what I was I like, what? Like, it felt a little anticlimactic, especially for Yoda, I guess, as we know. And I, I fear watching the prequels beforehand, I wanted more out of him because I was like, yo, bro, you, like, just left everyone high and dry <laughs> and, like, not going to confront anyone of your past. Like, way to go. But again, I think that's the problem with watching the prequels before these. Um, I brought this up before in another episode, but have you guys, uh, Gretchen, have you heard of the comics that where they do like what if scenarios of A New Hope, Jedi, and Empire? I don't think so. Marvel did this. It was before, might have been before Dark Horse. I don't know. Okay. So, but it's a really interesting tale in A New Hope. Luke makes a shot, but it doesn't go in. So he, Han, and Chewie go to Dagobah. Ben tells him to go to Dagobah and he trains with Yoda for years. And then Yoda's like, you know what? I'm gonna come with you. And then Yoda just takes the Death Star and slams it into Coruscant. What? I mean, I wouldn't have minded that. I know. It's like, Yoda, you could have just gotten off your ass and done something. Right. So one of the things that I've realized, and this is one of those where I'm not sure if this is what the movie meant or if it's just, it's plausible, is that I feel like this is what the movie meant. You can tell that Yoda and Ben are trying to weaponize Luke to kill yeah. Vader. Like 100%. That. And they intentionally avoid telling him that Vader is his father because they, at some level, they know that if Luke has that information, he'll be less likely to kill him. And as an adult watching that movie, it horrifies me. That, yeah, like, we talked about this. These are the good guys. Supposedly mm-hmm. the good guys are like intentionally trying to make the a child murder his own parent. Yeah, that's the whole thing like we were talking about in Empire was like, yeah, Luke is shocked by the revelation that Vader is his father, but also the revelation that both Yoda and Ben lied to him, two people he trusted 
the most mm-hmm. in this galaxy. And maybe he was even questioning if his aunt and uncle were lied to him too. So it's it's a lot. And it's not very Jedi-like to expect a guy to go kill his father. Clear your it? mind. Kill your father. Right? Because and, like, like, yeah. they were unwilling to do this themselves. Yeah, Obi, mm-hmm. we find out in the prequels that Obi-Wan doesn't kill Anakin. He severely maims him and takes off some limbs, but he cannot straight up kill him because he loves him too much. And and yet I thought emotions were weak. Hmm, flawed mindset, Jedi. Well, that's the whole reason they end up extinct. And it's Luke's emotions, Luke's love for his father that actually saves the day and turns Anakin back and defeats Palpatine. So it's the power of love, guys. Right, it's and that the power of love. I think that's why I love this movie so much is because the moral is because this is the the film where we get like the overarching thesis, which is that compassion and empathy are how you defeat a violent tyrannical regime. Like this is how you save the world. Like you save the world through compassion and empathy because that's what Luke does. Like he's being, we see him being weaponized by his mentors to go kill his father. And them explicitly telling him, like, you have to shut down your feelings because you have to kill him. The only the only way to save everyone is to commit an act of violence. And Luke mm-hmm. comes like this close to doing it and then is like, no, actually, I would rather die than commit this act of violence against someone that I still believe has good in them, even if they mm-hmm. haven't proved me right yet. And that is the moment where Luke becomes... What I would say is a real Jedi in that moment is when he throws away his lightsaber and says, like, I'm not going to do it. And that's what saves Vader. Because, yeah, he doesn't he's not a real Jedi. You're right, Gudgeon, right into that moment, because in both Empire and Return, he's the first one to ignite his lightsaber. And a Jedi never does that. They're never the first to fight. And, yeah, when he throws away his weapon and and yet. Yoda even tells him he won't complete his training until he kills Vader. So Yoda is, like, basically lying to him at that point, saying you're not a real Jedi until you kill Vader. And Luke decides, like, no, the opposite is true. I'm actually a real Jedi in the moment that I choose not to kill Vader. Also the fact that they didn't want Luke to go rescue Han and Leia. And, yeah, it didn't work out great for Luke, but who knows what would have happened. Again, I think it's it, it really shows like even as a Jedi, you can still care for people. You can still want like that need. I think, you know, in the prequels, we got what was what didn't work. And, you know, just old Ben and Yoda definitely kind of solidified what didn't work and why Luke's rise in his own journey and of himself really just changed the whole game. And I I don't know if you guys got the same thing, but um, there was that strong imagery when both Vader and Luke were standing before Palpatine and Luke was in all black and Vader's in all black. And it's almost like how he was treading that fine line between Mm -hmm. light and dark all at the same time, because at any moment he could turn and just look exactly like one of them. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was very powerful. I thought the costume choice was in A New Hope, he's in all white. And then in Empire, he's in gray khaki. And then 
now that his journey's complete, he's in full black. That's kind of like my mindset of it. Yeah, I think that's also part of it. It's, it's very strong costuming uh, right. for Luke. Especially because at the very, very end, that one little flap of his yeah. outfit peeks open and it's white. Mm-hmm. And so you realize that even though he looks dark and black, because I think we're meant to, based on Empire and the cave scene, where we see, you know, Luke faces himself and realizes he could become another Vader. Like, we start Return of the Jedi with Luke as this, like, cold, kind of dispassionate, powerful Jedi character. And I think we're meant to question, is he going to give in to the Emperor's temptations? Yeah, turn just Um, like his father, like, following in that destiny. Speaking of which, Anakin knows how this works. Like, Emperor's (laughs) just trying to get another apprentice. Yeah, Yeah, I've always wondered about why (laughs) Vader seems so calm right now. And I'm like, either you're going to die or the Emperor is going to die in this moment. Because you, with the Sith, you don't have two Padawans or apprentices. You don't. So. I know. I was like, what is he doing? Like, well, I think Vader really wanted to put Luke in power or he didn't really have a reason to go against the Emperor until he realized his child is alive. Yeah, I read the comics. I really like the comics. Mm. So there are Vader comics. And yeah, in the Vader comics, like Vader intentionally is trying to find Luke so that he can depose the Emperor and then rule the galaxy with Luke. In that moment, I think both Vader and the Emperor are trying to get Luke their side. Vader realizes like he thinks that he can't defeat the Emperor without Luke being to the dark side too. Yes. Yep. The Emperor seems to find Vader disposable at this point, I think. He's breached yeah. the end of where he thinks Vader can be useful to him. Just like Count Dooku. Yeah. He needs a younger model. That's what he wants. He wants a newer, younger <laughs> little model. younger pool boy for him just to walk around. <laughs> he wants somebody with most of their limbs. Well, and when you were talking earlier, I can't remember which one of you, probably both, about Anakin as a slave. And mm-hmm. that's What's so tragic, one of the really tragic elements of this movie, now that we have the prequels, is where we hear Vader talking about, like, I can't resist my master. Like, you realize that Anakin gave up, like, he escaped one form of slavery only to end up a slave for the rest of his life. Just a different kind of slavery. And, like, that's super tragic. And maybe now that you brought that up, I'm wondering if you felt that way to the Jedis because he wasn't seen as an equal to them and he still felt under someone's control. He definitely felt that way in regards to his choice to love Padme. Yeah, I think you're right, Bree, though, that he saw the Jedi as just another form of enslavement. Despite the flaws of the prequel trilogy, of which there are many, there really is this really tragic through line of Anakin really desperately trying to become his own person and not be a slave anymore and just winding up in situations where he's a slave over and over and over again. And he can't find his way out. Yeah. And that's really sad. And one of the reasons, again, I love that Leia, his daughter, is the one that kills one of like labors, a kind of poetry to it. One of my headcanons is that one of the reasons why Luke gets so upset at the idea of Vader finding Leia, because that's what triggers Luke to Yeah, that's what to attack him. Leia. Uh-huh. Oh, to attack yeah. Vader. Yeah. Is when Vader throws out like, oh, I'll find your sister and she if see if she'll turn to the dark side and serve me. And one of my headcanons is that Luke knows that Leia would be more tempted by that because I think she absolutely would be. She's got she she's a temper. way more like her father. Yeah, and I think Luke is more like Padme. Yes. Even though we talked about how Yoda originally wanted Leia to train with him, we find out in the canon book 
um, from another point of view. And yeah, at that point, it feels like Leia is more tempered or she's at least better at hiding her emotions. But Luke is softer. He's kinder. Leia is more ruthless and calculating and I think has more anger, is more prone to hold anger yeah. for longer than oh, well, man. She, she would be such a, a baddie though as a Sith. She would be. Can you imagine? Yeah, no, she has a lot more to be mad about than Luke does. She has gone through some things and seen a lot more that and probably felt some really awful feelings of like wanting to murder everybody in that Death Star. <laughs> yeah. After Alderaan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have a reason. I could understand her going to the dark side. And I think it, if yeah. she did, it would very much mirror Anakin's fall. Though maybe not. Anakin just didn't really know how to control his feelings. I think Leia, I think Leia can control her feelings very well. But that's just as dangerous because she can be so cold. And I love Leia. Like, I love her a lot. But she can be ruthless in a way that Luke definitely isn't. Speaking of women in this galaxy, there are actually several women in the rebel pilots scene on home one when they're being briefed. You can see them behind Lando. And apparently they shot a bunch of pilot scenes with women. And even one of them did like a full page of dialogue. However, all of it was cut. But the speculation is that they were concerned audiences wouldn't like to see women being killed in battle sequences. You can't hear it, but my eyes are rolling. Rolling around I know. the floor. Like, my face. I just, I'm like, I just. Oh, that is one thing I really appreciate about the sequels. The sequel trilogy. Oh, yeah. 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 There's so much more a diversity. lot of crap I can talk about the sequels. But the fact that they do have female pilots and they're diverse pilots, not just a bunch of white guys. I'm thrilled about. Yes. The expanded came and we find out that Poe Dameron's mom was actually one of the fighter pilots on the Battle of Yavin in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. So one of those ships that was flying around helping out that we never got to see the interior shots of the lady pilots. That was one of uh, Poe Dameron's mom was one of those. But yeah, it is. There are lots of different alien species. And I think that Rogue One did a good job of giving us like a fuller picture of the diversity of the rebellion that the rebellion is more than just I will white say about Rogue One aliens. not enough ladies well yeah I agree that was my yeah, I was like even in the background different. I'm like dude 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 I'm like yes diversity in that of what kind of dudes but give me some ladies up in there ladies no, can fight for sure. for that's sure. why I love the Mandalorian with Cara Dune Cara Dune yes I love her yeah she's mm. great I she's like my- to think that she's friends with Leia and they like yes. fight in the yeah. Because she's from Alderaan, too. That's right. Yeah. Oh. I love that little tidbit. I know Candace likes that about first time, but version, okay. I guess, to for so rewatch I, it. Oh, I know what she's going oh. I know. So, yeah, I, I grew up on the de- on the non-specialized editions. So that was that's where my heart has always been. And I when I rewatched it, I rewatched it on Disney+. Plus okay. Specialized editions. One of the things is Jabba's place... The singing scene was so extra. And I was like, there's no need for these CGI people. The Muppets were just fine the way they were. I I was like, what is going on? Like, It wasn't necessary. It just wasn't. And it really, it stands out visually. Like, you can totally tell the difference between the CGI characters 
and the like practical effects characters, and it's really jarring, in my opinion. Oh, it's so jarring, I, and it's not. I'm gonna give a little it though about that scene. So you know the dancer Ula, she's the toilet, the one that's fed to the rancor. They actually got the the woman, the actress Femi Taylor, to redo some of her scenes 15 years later, and she was actually even in better shape than she was when she did it 15 years before. Damn. So good for her. Yeah. So she's the only actor to portray herself in both original and the special edition, like, That's cool. on camera. That's cool, but I still hate all the CGI. Okay, do you want to talk about the other special edition thing that changed that people have feelings about? You mean hating Christensen? Uh, okay, like you know it. what? As a kid, I did not realize who that third ghost was. I will say that. <laughs> Just some really pale, weird-looking white dude. <laughs> some middle-aged dude. And also, Anakin will only be, like, in his 40s. Right. That's true. About. Well, I guess, like, hate withered him away. To a- but if we're going off what he looked like in the suit, he would have no legs and arms. No, he wouldn't. He would just be a chest and a head. The juxtaposition of, like, we get young Hayden Christensen, but, like, old Obi-Wan. Oh, I know. They could have gotten you and McGregor to come. Can you imagine if they changed Alec Guinness and also they changed Yoda from the puppet to the CGI Yoda? Okay, what I would hate have happened? the CGI Yoda, but they could have kept the Muppet Yoda. No, I'm just saying, imagine if they changed everyone to their prequel stuff. Like, how yeah. hilarious, like, would that reaction be? Also, can I just talk about oh how much better looking Puppet Yoda is and CGI Yoda? Yes. Yes. Oh, one more thing about the Hayden Christensen thing is he filmed it, but he had no idea what it was filming. What? And he said if he had known, he would have played it differently. Oh, no. Because if you look at him, he does his, like, little smirk smile and, like, these come hither eyes. And I'm like, oh, Hayden. Why did they not direct him? It was George. Fucking George Lucas, I'm sorry, but Jesus, George. He does not know how to direct people. Actors. Yes. No, no, he doesn't. More intense. What? No. That's just basic direct. Like, I am not a director. Full, full, fully admit I'm not in the industry. However, I still feel like the, like, you tell your actor what they're doing. Like, how else are they supposed to know you what to context. emote in any given scene? Yeah. I've, I, oh, so- I have worked with a variety of different directors on set. And ooh, just the ones that understand, like, character-driven more, you, you get more out of your actors. Like, Sebastian, I say Sebastian Stan, just Sebastian Shaw, <laughs> who plays Dark Vader, Anakin, without the mask. He didn't know what he was going into until he got to set. He's like, I'm here for the sci-fi thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> But there was a lot of secrecy with this movie because a lot of fans were like trying to find out. They nicknamed it Blue Harvest and they tried to make it sound like it was like a bad horror movie that was being filmed like out in the forest scenes and things like that. Mm. Oh, because of course fans just can't wait, you know, to see a movie. Right. Yeah. How do we feel about the Ewoks? What is the feeling about the Ewoks in this room? I think since I saw it when I was nine, I love it. Yeah, like when I was little, I loved them. <laughs> and I still I still think they're cute. I still think they're cute. I, I mean, care. I don't I think... know how their clubs kill stormtroopers, <laughs> but you know what? That armor's really bad, Brie. We found this out. <laughs> or like when they throw rocks. That's my favorite, like, okay, how is this going to kill a stormtrooper? When you have like tiny little like teddy bears like throwing rocks and the stormtroopers are like, ah, I'm dead. And I'm like, wait, I know, what? I love it. I love it. I it. think the stormtroopers just wanted to get hazard pay and be done. <laughs> that yeah, is maybe my they're just like, you know what? I don't want to fight these things. Like cute little. I'm just gonna play dead. 
Yeah, well, got exactly. Me. But like, oh, I'm done. I'm gonna go take a nap. I wonder if they ate any of them. I um, bet they, they do did. show them at the end playing drums with the helmets. We do not know what happened to the people in those helmets. I'm just saying. That's true. See, that's my feeling about the Ewoks is like, I when I was little, I thought they were adorable, and now I'm an adult. I'm like, they're actually kind of creepy. Like, they are creepy. They are very creepy. They Their teeth people. are very sharp. And yeah. they were gonna straight up kill Han, Luke, and Chewbacca. Well, yeah. Yeah. Can can I take a moment to appreciate disaster Han Solo? Because this movie is like the epitome of like Han Solo is a disaster. He <laughs> yeah, is just true. like such a mess. And I love that Han Solo is a mess. He like when he's like, I'll do it quietly, steps on a twig. Um yep. I'll hotwire the thing. <laughs> break the door like he's just like such a disaster and i love him i love how like we talked about this in empire a bit like how once he's out of carbonite he just a hundred percent commits to the rebellion he has he's like yep this is my cause now i am gonna give you the falcon i'm gonna go risk my life Mm -hmm. i'm a hundred percent on board for this Yes. Can it, we it really like his journey too? Like we say, like Leia's kind of stays consistent throughout. Of course, Luke's journey too is just beautiful. And mm-hmm. I love watching these three movies all together and just seeing that progression. Uh, but yeah, Han's story is epic too. It really is. And I the- mean, he he becomes, you know, he's neutral, you know, and very selfish in a new hope. And mm-hmm. now he just can't wait to give his Millennium Falcon away to Lando. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. Lando, he's a scoundrel too, but you know what? Those are rebellions. They take scoundrels and make them better. They do. I seriously love their banter, though. Like when Hans is still really Trying. can't see, and, he, and Lando's like, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then um, Hans like, no, it's fine. I can see better. And I'm like, you really can't, though. You're just no. you're just lying through your teeth. And also. Lando's like. Point it up, point it up. <laughs> I just, yeah, like you were saying, like, Han's a disaster, and he's just going with everything. He's like, okay, Luke's a Jedi, sure, we're going yes. with this. And just, like, all this other stuff. And I, I just, I love the the scene where he tells Leia, I love you, and they do that callback, I know, and she's just yes. stormtroopers. And I think that is a, that's romance right there, guys. <laughs> that was, yeah. and I just wish she uh, had more to do after that or before. Yeah, Han is just so in love with his badass, like, ruthless princess snarky. He just, I love Han and Leia's relationship a lot. I really do. It it really, like, their chemistry and their love story is just one of those epic parts of this trilogy that makes it so iconic. And the fact that he was willing to step aside... For Luke, because he thought for a half second that she loved him, was in love with Luke. Again, gross. <laughs> well, she did kiss him three times. But Twice. but but at some level, she always knew that Luke was her brother. Oh, which yeah. Which is still my yeah, favorite like, thing. Like, like, when she said that, I was like, are you kidding me? Why did you That's kiss him? That's why I made out with you, right? Oh. Yeah. I made out with you in the way that, like, twins make out with each other sometimes. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. We we put like our tongues on Game of together. Thrones, right? Yeah. Uh, oh. Second Game of Thrones reference. Oh, sorry. Well, it has to happen, Candace. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know, like, the Luke and Leia thing wasn't planned out, but I really do love, like, their relationships in the extended universe. Mm-hmm. I just our conversation could have been written a little better. That was very melodramatic. Oh gosh, it was very especially when Han comes out and she's like, "I don't know, hold me." 
And I'm just like, Ugh. that's the time I was just like, Ugh. that's the time when I want like sarcastic Leia, like yeah. that yes, moment. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I want her to have some kind of like, I don't know, snarky jab or whatever. Well, it's you just would what even I think like she, I would have been like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Prepare to become a Jedi in case something happened to him. Well, he just like had it confirmed the second he came back from the the briefing. He comes in and he's like, "Count me in too, guys." I re- in the hallway. I remember very that. And then he's yeah. like, "I'll tell you. Ask me another time." Like what? Right. Like Han comes out and is like, "Oh, you can tell Luke about your feelings." And if I were there, I'd be like, "Look, I just found out my dad is a mass murdering tyrant." Yeah. So you can like back off. Yeah, right like now. go f- yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> like he also tortured me a couple of times. So like maybe calm down your jealousy a, a lot bit, to Han. process here. So right, but as is the theme in the original trilogy, like Leia is not given space to process any of her feelings, like ever. So many viewers commented that Leia. It was weird that she couldn't see the Force ghosts of Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin. But they do confirm that she sees them, like, in the corner of her eye for a brief moment. Do you guys think, like, I don't know, her seeing the Force ghosts? Well, I mean, it makes sense if Luke sees them because they've, like, talked to him. Yeah. Can you imagine Leia's just like, now I'm seeing dead people. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then she'd be like, uh, hey, twin brother, do you see the ghost? And he's like, yeah, they talk to me all the time. I'd be very worried. <laughs> I'd be like, right? are you okay? <laughs> she wouldn't know who any of these people are other than Obi-Wan. No. Yeah. yeah. She would like, she wouldn't even know that that was her dad. She wouldn't know that that's Anakin Skywalker. She would have no context to understand who Anakin is. And she wouldn't know who Yoda is. Like, she would recognize Obi-Wan, but neither of the other characters. That They would have no meaning for her. And she only knew of Obi-Wan because of her dad, right? Or- well, yeah. Um, Something that we find out in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, is that Bale does tell her stories about Obi-Wan like he's a folk hero almost. And that kind of explains one of the reasons she named her son Ben. It's what he represented to her. And also why she would send him the plans. Well, her father sent her. That's what we find out in Rogue One. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah, he's right. like carries all her hope. But yeah, he she thinks of him like this epic hero. Yeah. Okay, so it's speaking com- of hope, this goes back to Vader. I forgot to mention it earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that um, and Vader feeling like a slave and feeling like he's trapped? And everyone seems to believe the same thing because. Um, Yoda and Obi-Wan both tell Luke, like, if you go down the path to the dark side, there's no way you can come back. And one of the other things I love about the final confrontation between Luke and Vader is that Luke leads by example. Like, he proves to Anakin that you can start down the path of, like, fear and anger and hate and come back. And that's how Vader was able to do it, was because Luke gave him what Vader had lost was hope. Like, Anakin had lost the belief that he could be any different than he was and believed the lie that once you start down the dark side, you can't go back. Everyone seemed to believe that. The emperor believes it. Everyone does. Luke is the only one who's like, nope, I can just make up my mind not to go down the dark side path. And it was him doing that that allowed Vader to do the same. And I really love that. Too. Yeah, that's because, so great. Yeah, I really think like in Revenge of the Sith, the second that Anakin chopped off Mace Windu's like arm, 
is the moment where he's like, I can't turn back. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. Emperor. I like how it was that and not the kid screaming for help. Well, no, at that point, he was like, oh, nope. No. That's oh, why he was willing to kill those kids because he's like, I'm, I'm too far gone, guys. Sorry, right. kids. No, I meant the first kids that he killed. Oh, the Tuscan Raiders? The Tuscan Raiders, yeah. You know. Oh, only Padme knew about that, and she married him like two days later. Good job, Padme. Yeah. Oh, Padme. Padme. I have so much feelings. Oh, that goes back to Leia saying that she remembers her birth mother. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. What? (laughs) That whole conversation, I'm just like, oh, how not planned was this because (laughs) she remembers her for like a minute and then she died she remembers her corpse when she's a newborn like literally like (laughs) seconds old she remembers her mom well she said like young child so i was like oh but i was like george like why didn't you make it where she knew padme I really did think Padme was going to live. That's why I was really surprised at Revenge of the Sith that she died so quickly because I'm like, oh, no, she's going to go to hiding in Alderaan. And die later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Die later of something else. Of not. Like the Emperor's going to kill her. But yeah. That was just erased. Like gone. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't hold up now. (laughs) No, it does not. But maybe Force babies have better memory than us. No, no. She said young child. She was a newborn. (laughs) Like, no, she she said she died when I was very young. That could mean minutes I mean, yeah. old. Yeah, <laughs> literally seconds old is very young. Sure, by a very big sure. Okay, I'm trying to make this work, guys. I'm I know. <laughs> right. The reality is, it doesn't work because George Lucas didn't didn't. We could also argue like when you're younger, like your parents tell you things that happen to you, and mm. you believe you remember those things. At least I do, or you kind of like picture them so maybe Bale and Bria definitely let Leia know that she was adopted she had no questions about that they love Padme there's a lot of stuff in the Xenia universe where Bale and Padme are very close and mm-hmm. Bria invites her over and they love her so I can definitely see them bringing Padme up even if it's not by name yeah so maybe maybe we can we can make some sense of like this is the fact that Leia is so strong in the Force that she was able to remember to have memories when she was an infant. Sure. Yeah, she's like sure. she was very beautiful and sad because she was dying. Because Leia. she's literally dying. <laughs> By the time you made the prequels, like the original trilogy had already been made. This is yeah. one of those moments where I'm like, Lucas, this is literally all your fault because this yeah. is not that hard to have done this so that it makes sense with the movies that you've already created. Oh, I know. I guess he just didn't want to do like, be like, okay, we'll have to explain why she's not in the original trilogy. It will be an an Xtune Universe thing. And yeah, I that's why I honestly thought that even as a kid, I thought, okay, Attack of the Clones, maybe before I saw it, we were going to see Luke and Leia, like babies. And then the whole next one would be about them hiding them. So yeah. Leia would remember. But yeah, that didn't happen. I would have liked that would have been interesting. That would have been. I mean, but again, they didn't write Anakin the best in Attack of the Clone, so no. that stunted character development, I think, needed his character development needed to be stronger, I think, in order for that way, way to happen. Yeah. The only way it makes sense to me is because of the Clone Wars TV show, which is amazing. Definitely. So I still good. need to I watch it. Ahsoka Tano is my favorite, probably my favorite character in all of Star Wars. And that's saying a lot because I love Leia 
so much. But Ahsoka Tano is, she's my baby. And she's I would definitely... have killed Ford. Well, maybe not killed. But I would have loved to see Leia and Ahsoka interact. Yes, that would be brilliant. Yeah. It's Ahsoka and Sabine Wren are my two favorite yes. characters. So and luckily, good. I do get to see Sabine and Leia interact in both Forces of Destiny and Rebels. Because, hey, Brie, Leia's in an episode of Rebels, and it's awesome. Oh, and she's sassy. Okay, she's like a sassy, like, 15-year-old princess. And oh, she's I like, like I'm doing cool. stuff. Okay. <laughs> I know. I need to watch them next. Gretchen, can you tell us how to find you online and your work? Yes. So I am a managing editor over at thefandamentals.com. I write a lot about Star Wars, Star Trek, um, all those kinds of geeky, geeky sci-fi fantasy things. And you can find me on Twitter at GNJonesWriter. And I also have a website that is GNLS.com. As you can tell, I'm, I'm in the process of changing my name. So um, <laughs> sorry to confuse people. Some of my stuff is under my maiden name and some of it is under my married name. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Thank you, Gretchen, so much for joining us. Oh, yeah. Really Thank you so much. Insight. It's oh, so you're much welcome. Fun. Thanks for having me. This was great. I'm Candace. I'm Bree. And I'm Gretchen. Stay geeky.